Hey, Tyler. Hey, Jay. What's that? Hello? What? Hello? Hello? <laughs> hey, it's Liam. Hey, it's Hi. a friend Liam. So here's the question. If you could live in, I think we've done this before, but I'd like to hear this. If you could live in the universe of a movie, not as one of the characters, but just live in that universe, which one would it be? So you're still you, but the yeah. reality of that movie or the neighborhood yeah. of that movie or something like that. Like it, yeah. it could be, if it's not a like fantastical reality, it could just be the setting of that. See, the problem for me with this is that I want to say something like crazy. Yeah. But in reality, that's not true. Like obviously something like Star Trek is the best one. Yeah. So Star Trek basically is. Reboot or? Uh, no, not reboot. Yeah. I'm saying like classic Star Trek, yeah. especially next generation Star Trek. But you'd Trek. also kind of have to pick a specific one because they're all slightly different. Like the, the vibe of motion picture is very different than the vibe of like the uh, the journey or the. But I'm just saying like an extended universe, four. like yeah, like Star Trek is in a world where we basically have, uh, you know, space luxury communism. Yeah, is what it yeah, is. that's true. You know, <laughs> it's like literally like no one has to trade anything unless you really want to. Yeah, because you can just fake it whatever it is we're just gonna fake it yeah i mean it's not fake but you know what i mean like at least in the next once we get to next generation there's a lot of stuff that can be synthesized and so it seems like most folks life are pretty chill so that yeah, seems like a pretty great whereas it also sounds boring you know what i mean like yeah. it's it, part of me when someone asks this question it's like what am i choosing am i go am i going to lord of the rings so i can fight orcs yeah i'm i'm gonna die yeah, I know, I would, that's th- and that's kind of the hard part next, of the question. It's not I'm like, dying out in the wilderness. When like, it's not like, what do you want to live in for a day? It's not like, what do you want sure, a day sure, pass sure. to? It's what do you want to live in? Yo, it, yeah, like if I can be the well, okay, like um, I would, I like I, <laughs> I would like to live in a world that is the perks of being a wallflower. Um, oh, that's called Pittsburgh. Right, but without <laughs> consequences. You know what I mean? Like that's still called Pittsburgh. <laughs> but you know what you I mean? Like, visit, like man. I that's just possibly. a slightly cool version. You that's know true. what I mean? Like, yeah, like, it's a little bit cooler than right. Yeah, Pittsburgh. exactly. Yeah. And and no one is. It's a it, universe where Emma where Watson has a has a slightly American accent. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you? What's your? Uh, where would you like to live? I think we've asked this before. But I think we asked this before, now. and I can't remember what my answer was. Yeah, then, so answer fresh. I think now I'd have to say. Just for the sheer poops and giggles of it, um, the Lego movies. Oh, that's a I like that one. Like Lego J, and you can build whatever you want. Yeah. I assume I'm a master builder in this yeah, scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty solid. Isn't the whole thing though? Like you mean post the events of the Lego movie? We're just like around. It seems the like events. the world pre, like the Lego movie starts off in a really. Bad Terrible reality. place. Yeah, 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 right, 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 right. So you're saying like after everything is fixed. Yeah, when it's liberated. You got to yeah. be at the end of Lego Movie Two because I don't know if you saw Lego Movie Two. But I have not yet. Oh, it's great, but I, I was, but everything goes real bad. I was planning on watching it on the plane on the way <laughs> here, but we'll come back we'll to that at another that time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I think that I should probably answer it. Uh, I mean, Star Wars is always a big one because that would be just an interesting universe to live in. Maybe a little less interesting than it used to be. Uh, <laughs> Harry Potter is always an interesting one, but I feel like that's cheating because it's a book, uh, and I'm American, so I wouldn't go to Hogwarts. Uh, the problem with saying Star Wars is, it, so far, Star Wars is giving you no evidence that anyone's life is good. That's like, true. Like, everyone in the movies is either in a bureaucratic 
dystopia or yep. an anarchic dystopia. Yeah, but no one is like, I just have a farm and it's chill, bro. Yeah. <laughs> just on this chill farm. Well, even the chill farm gets blown up by the... Yeah, or the whole planet's going to explode. Yeah, totally. If you have a chill farm, whether it is on uh, Tatooine or on whatever planet Jyn Erso's on, sure. when, the, when the death troopers come and get her in the garden. Well, you specified you're yourself. Yeah. You know, you didn't like. Yeah, yeah I'll true. be. Could I be a uh, invincible Mandalorian? Yeah, then I'll go to Star yeah, Wars universe. That sounds yeah, great. Right. But me, I'm eating a laser. Like I'll be the one guy <laughs> yeah, that gets true. shot by a stormtrooper. Yeah, no one ever gets shot but Liam. That one. I mean, time. you could go to Tashi <laughs> Station to pick up power converters because they have great deals. So oh I mean, God. there's that. I did love, for as disturbing as the scene at the end of Mandalorian is, when they're punching Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. You know who that is. Yeah. It's Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, and yeah. someone else, too. Uh, Andy Pally, yeah. I think. But the scene where they have the can in front of them and they both take, like, eight <laughs> shots and can't hit it is just that is pretty great. so funny to me. And putting making that cannon that, that Stormtroopers are just terrible. Yeah. Terrible at shooting. Yeah. Uh, I guess my – I mean, probably just come to – part of me thought I'd like to be in Ghostbusters because we were just watching that, but I wouldn't be a Ghostbuster, so I don't think that. So – uh, let's say Fantastic Mr. Fox. Final answer. I don't live there. I don't play. All right. So I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. No, I am Tyler. <laughs> I am Jay. And this is Liam. And All this right. Is Running Rocking the Master. our first actual guest who has his own podcast and even more he's our first guest who has two podcasts and even more than that he's his first first guest who has three different podcasts uh yeah i do uh i actually run a podcast network that started with one podcast called cinepunks that was basically um two dudes who go to punk shows talking about movies uh but also in a sense like how do we kind of break down um, some of the assumptions that we'd have between like high art and low art? Nice, because that was sort of some of the frustration when we were talking about cinema. I mean, really, the the podcast kind of came out of like we joined the Philadelphia Film Society, and then what we encountered were um, a lot of very kind of like judgmental folks for yeah. whom they had only one idea of what. Of what film. Were, you yeah, know? yeah. And so we were kind of like, I just think you can like Godard and John Waters. Like, I just think that's a thing, yeah, you know, like, uh, but yeah, so that's where that started. And then I also, we, we went from a podcast to a network with a show called horror business, um, that I do with a friend, you know, horror films were the first movies that, um, kind of got me interested in movies. Nice. Uh, and so it was like an opportunity to kind of go back and then, um, uh, I most recently hosted a podcast with a, a, a friend of mine from Canada named Doug Tilly called Eric Roberts is the effing man. Ooh, the, you know, the sort of theory of that podcast was that Eric Roberts has had a 
long and diverse career and you could just cover all of his movies but it, you know it's a real quality mix so me and, and my friend doug we actually now have this other show we're doing called cinema smorgasbord that's really like we could not decide on a theme we couldn't decide on one topic yeah so now we get to cycle between like 10 so it's what? like each episode it's like now it's this show nice. now it's this nice. just because we just couldn't decide oh nice um some of the episodes for a certain thing like doug will host like one of the shows we do is the jackie chan one is called um we do our own stunts doug is like the host of that and i'm like his uh backup his guy you know, a straight man you know all right so uh we have a couple of specific questions to ask oh god to help we, us understand we, the opening questions oh yeah. no do you know your IMDb, your Myers Briggs type? IMDb. Yes, <laughs> I've done that more times than I, not. Is it I N F I? What? What is it again? Your Myers Briggs. Yeah. The, but why did you call it IMDb? It's, what do they call it? The MTBI. Yeah, Myers Briggs. Oh. Um, okay, so I know Just, I'm E. E. Uh-huh. And then the rest is a mystery. Nice. We've had a couple of E's who the rest is a mystery. Yeah. yeah. Well, just in the sense that I've done it a few times. Yeah. And it's changed multiple times. Ah. But the E has never changed. So I've latched onto that. Nice. Um, I think I might be a J. Oh, okay. But then again, the last time I took it was like over a decade ago. Yeah. So I don't know. I do know I'm uh, I'm Enneagram 7 with a 6 wing. Hey. That's the next question. Yeah, that's I good. I know that. I know what does that. that mean to you? I was like. No yeah. idea. Uh, well, I don't. It's not that I don't have any idea. It's that I haven't studied much of it. Yeah. I just, uh, I did like a lot of nerdy people. I just listened to that podcast. Yeah. And the, I was like, the, this guy's full Steve, of crap. All this Enneagram stuff is yeah. hooey. Yeah. And then I got to the seven episode. I was like, oh. <laughs> that's awkward it is that weird feels to be very so familiar seen. yeah and then and then it was like this is mostly feels very me but it, it's not quite and then i started looking into the wings concept yeah and when i hit read that that seven with the six wing i was like oh that hurts yeah. i don't like that that's like too much feels like me so yeah. what's the six wing do to it i know the seven uh, is like the so the seven different. is like a lot of um Sorry, guys. Uh, I don't have this perfectly. I should okay. know no, it's for you. It, but, but the seven has a lot of like um, uh, trying to fly by the seat of your pants, yeah. being uncomfortable with plans sort of thing. And then when you get into the six wing, it's like you're more comfortable being spontaneous. However, you take your commitment seriously. Yeah. So you feel a lot of anxiety around planning because you want to um, – you want to keep people happy, so you're trying to meet their expectations yeah. of it. Because the six is loyalty, it's about yeah, loyalty. The loyalist. Yeah, so the, so you're more inclined to follow through on things. Yeah, but you don't like committing to those things yeah. because you're your natural bias is to like, you know, be a little more loose and yeah. a little more vision oriented, a little less detail oriented. It's really like a seven who's functional but is unhappy. Yeah. Because they're being so functional. A responsible seven. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really what the yeah, seven with the six wing is. And I was like, that's because when you get into the description of the pure seven, it's kind of like you're just blowing off all your responsibilities yeah. and you are dealing with a lot of fear and anxiety around that. But also it's like a source of creativity for you. And anyways, there's it's complicated. Yeah. yeah. Point being, it seemed too much for me. I was like, yeah, that is kind of how I'm like, but like this sounds like someone who really isn't doing what they need to do. <laughs> so when I read the six wing, I'm like, okay, that's more me. Like, I'm not happy that I'm always doing being this yeah. way, uh, but I tend to actually follow through. In fact, 
unfortunately, I find myself in a lot of situations where I'm the most responsible person in the room. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. one of you needs to be on your stuff because yeah. if I'm the dad here, this is a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, but that's happened to me a few times where yeah. I'm drawn to people who make my seven seem not that you know yeah. because they're so just like well and who in cares? those situations we're doing whatever we want Woo! yeah and the more you're around those people you have to lean into the six and right i really have to learn to be if if it's not going to go off the rails yeah i guess what it is is i can't let it go off the rails i can't let it fall apart yeah what and is your hogwarts house so i've never done it officially Ooh. i believe um i believe in my heart that i want to be slytherin i think slytherin gets a bad rap it does but I'm sure I would just be something boring like a Hufflepuff. I was hey, going to hey, say, hey. you look like someone who uh, externally would feel like a, a Slytherin, but internally you're a Hufflepuff. I'm probably a Hufflepuff, yeah, right? I'm sure you I are. mean, here's the thing. At least Hufflepuff Hufflepuff's Hufflepuff has character. Protective people. No, one, no one who isn't the most obsessive Harry Potter fan can answer the, the question, what is, even is Ravenclaw? Like, what yeah. even is it? Unless you're, like, super obsessed, you have no idea. And your average person who's just watched the movies, let alone read the books, yeah. is like, yeah, Gryffindor, Slytherin, the nice ones, Huffle, whatever. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, there's four. And they're like, yeah, the fourth one, I don't know. It's not a thing. It doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, it's I not have, real. I have real hard feelings on what Ravenclaw is. Of course you yeah. do, because you are an ultra nerd. <laughs> you you care. <laughs> Whenever you found out what your house was, you were invested in that answer. I know. You know what my house is? No, I don't. Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Yeah. So that's why I get excited. Oh, about. my God. Actually, uh, I, as I've said before, uh, to my shame, I've taken the test twice. And yeah. both times I've been Gryffindor. And I don't want to be Gryffindor. I feel I self-identify as Ravenclaw. So there, I'm, I'm a Gryffindor Who with a Ravenclaw Who even is wing. an interesting Ravenclaw character? Why should none, I care? None. None it's just the They're character. Like the, the Ravenclaws are the kind of the... The academic type, but Ugh. they're 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 so I mean almost like the enneagram. We put it with they have a positive and a negative. Yeah. The positive is they they're the learners, the kind of the academics yeah, who want to yeah, learn. Yeah. But the negative is that they can be arrogant and self centered. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does sound like you. Yeah. <laughs> I take it back. You're right. You're totally a Ravenclaw. I give it to you. Hey, I bless it. You're a Ravenclaw now. Good job. What was the other? We had other. What was the other questions? What what concert would these, you travel back in time to? These are so random, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they are. What concert would you travel back in time to see? A specific concert. Oh, that's a hard one. That's a real hard one. I know. You know, I'm not much of a... I'm a bad person to ask because I'm not much of a concert historian. But you're big time a concert guy. Well, no, I like, going, go I like going to shows, but like... You know, I tend to buy into the idea. This is why I'm actually kind of skeptical of like show documentation. Yeah. Whatever the video is, you're not seeing what it was like yeah, to be right. there. Yeah. And once All the it's more over, reason for this question. it's like dead. It's ended. It's not even interesting. Yeah. And so like uh, it's real hard for me because like I don't fetishize all these old things because I'd rather I wish I wish actually 100 percent. I wish I was just younger. Yeah. I wish I was 18 now seeing the cool band now. Yeah. Yeah. And so although you, you to be fair, see, like, guitar Indian music is dead. So I guess I don't mean that. Yeah. But in theory, if there's a hype show now, whatever, yeah. whatever. But if I really had to re reach back just on like a historical level, like I think all that early, uh, all that early CBGB stuff that yeah. was like more hardcore and less like talk. Because the talking head seemed cool, but it also seems like a show like it'd be better to be like smacked on heroin, just yeah. like nodding out. Whereas like seeing bad brains the first time they came bad to CBGB seems like, well, it's so crazy. And it's before they started like being homophobic and weird. So yeah, yeah. it's like, you're getting them right in like the good spot, you know?
punk scene has a really uh, the, the punk scene is so interesting in that it's it's so open on some things, right, and so not open on other things. Well, with the especially with, the early punk scene. Well, with Bad Brains, it was because they were Rastafarian. Yeah, though. that was like a that was like a very and that's you know that's and it, Bad Brains it, to have a African American punk band was pretty pretty intense. Yeah, but there were other ones. There's Pure Hell out of Philly. There's Death. There's you know, there's a lot of this uh, that going on. But I think with Bad Brains, they you could make an argument that they single handedly invented hardcore. You know, like yeah. even though there were other bands we associate with it now, they were playing faster and more intensely than any early Black Flag or any of that Johns like Middle Class, any of that stuff. So like, like pre Rollins Black Flag, Black Flag. Yeah, yeah, I mean. I don't even like Rollins Black Flag that yeah. much. Yeah. Well, it's so different. Uh, the, so, we are here today. I am laying down on a bed because I am very tired, and we're on West Coast time, and my body, I think, is adjusted, but it's adjusted because I've only slept like three hours yeah. since we've been here. It's um, brutal. Yeah, it is, is, is real rough. And I, I, what I feel like is going to be worst about it is by the time we do adjust. Then we have to go back. Time to go home. That's true. Um, yeah. We have a very uh, our guest Liam here. Is, so Saturday. we're all in this cohort together. Yeah, I mean, not totally, but yeah. like better. You won't even be better. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> we're all here together for this cohort where we are. Um, where it's a church planning and realization course, yep. uh, just teaching us how to be imaginative and inventive uh, in the church, uh, and um, it's it's interesting. And so we're we've uh, the course. We, there's five different sections of the course. The first two have been in Pittsburgh. This one is in San Francisco. And yep. so we got to tour San Francisco, do some really interesting things. Had uh, dim sum today, which was fantastic. Oh, so good. Um, you had dim sum as well, just at a different place. Not today. Oh, that was – that wasn't today? Oh, that was – No, I went to got Chinese food, but I didn't get dim sum. You uh, went to the windy road today. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we in the midst of this – so Liam's our good friend that we met at the beginning of this cohort like six months ago. Liam's fantastic. And oh, uh, in the midst of of doing this, like since we've had a podcast, we've been trying to figure out how do we get people from our cohort on the podcast. And once we had this traveling time, because when we had the Pittsburgh one, Jay and I go home. Oh, yeah. Because we live 20 minutes from the You got to go see your family, yeah. kids. Yeah, we yeah. are fathers. Which, and we you know, lame. love our families and want to spend time with them. <laughs> when we're in San Francisco, it's Gross. a little harder to communicate each night back. So we are here yeah. uh, for the week. And so we have a little bit of extra time uh, late at night. And so we are... Uh, th- now's the magic time to uh, talk to our friend Liam. Yeah, and uh, we were trying to think of what we wanted to talk <laughs> Roughing about. Roughing the pastor after dark. Exactly. <laughs> we were trying to think of what you we wanted to talk about. Literally have a red light on <laughs> you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are in a uh, place called the Phoenix Hotel, yeah. and it's pretty cool. It's very like it. It's really a rock hotel, and trying to tell you it's a rock hotel, uh, and has like a zine for their um, like welcome brochure and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's a pretty cool place, um, but it's right in the middle of a place called. The Tenderloin, which is a part of the city uh, where there's uh, a pretty good amount of homeless folks, and um, and so it's it's uh, there. There's a large population of uh, people living on the street in San Francisco because the weather is amenable for that, um, and housing prices and are housing insane. prices are insane. And so a lot of people maybe even still have jobs, but are just living. They can't live in their house anymore, so they're just living in a tent on the street. Uh, it's a very interesting experience that we're actually not really going to talk about today. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Stay tuned. The, so as we're in this hotel, that's kind of uh, around us. And the attitude toward the homeless and toward everyone on the street, at least in the experience so far, has been pretty good. Yeah. It's been really interesting. The people that we've been interacting with are, are pretty like kind of live and let live. It's yeah, really interesting. I've, I've never seen a city. 
at least in our experience in the last five like few this years. almost feels like the wrong word but there there is a certain charity yeah uh to each other yeah in the city that and that uh, like a sense of neighborhood yeah that this homeless person is not a nuisance they're my neighbor right and so um I, there was a lot of times where people when they're kind of finished with food they'll just leave it like on a, not on the ground but like right. on the top of a garbage can so that someone who needs some food can just come by and get it and not in a gross way like they'll kind of preserve it and wrap it in the thing and right. there's a lot of lo- stuff that is left for people to use um at any rate we were we were just having dinner tonight and we started that we were kind of trying to figure out what topic we were going to have and then we started talking about um swearing Cussing. <laughs> Cussing. And, and realized uh because when pastors get uh together their language often is a little different and uh, <laughs> so we, we started talking. We were having kind of uh, an interesting dinner conversation about swearing and kind of different values about swearing. And uh, then realized that that might be an interesting podcast conversation. It could very well be. We'll see. That's, that's the challenge. Yeah. And so um, that's, we're going to talk about the theology of the F word. And <laughs> before you get concerned, we're not, we, there may be some swears in this room. But uh, from the podcast, we're going to keep this podcast still PG. Yeah. And because uh, we value, I still listen to this podcast in front of my kids. Bartleby's um, got his finger on the sensor button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and Liam did us the poop. The good, Liam did us the good work of giving us some <laughs> some substitutes. So if yeah. any swears gosh, actually come out, gosh dang it, <laughs> there'll be there'll be some <laughs> hilarious uh, fun uh, ruckers. DMX <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like things. Uh, so um, I'll I'll turn it over because I'm. Uh, Pasta for Jules. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> what is your go-to replacement swear word? Like, if you're oh. gonna, if you're gonna throw in a Christian swear. So I, I don't actually do the replacement thing on purpose. There are a number of things I say, not intellectual. I'm not actually trying to replace anything anymore. But my brain will sometimes just be like, "Gosh darn it!" Like yeah. that when something <laughs> is upsetting. But I'm more sad about it than actually bitterly angry. Yeah, yeah. It's just more effective to to the, the, something that feels to me to communicate the melancholy of the thing. It's gosh darn it, because yeah. that's like I'm mad, but I'm also clearly defeated. <laughs> that's like a <laughs> defeated thing to say. Um, and then sometimes I'll just say things that just makes me laugh. Like, dang it! Like that's like a that's like a. I usually will say dang it right after. Ah, oh, come on. Yeah, um, I think it's a but, good one. But, you know, as far as, like, an actual replacement, that's really just, like, for me. That's fun for yeah. me. Huh. That's not really – I'm not really concerned in that way. In fact, if I'm actively attempting not to swear, that's, like uh, – I. that's about emotions. Like, if I'm actively trying to swear, I don't want to feel – like, it, there are two situations in which I swear. One is when I'm upset, and that's both – my least favorite kind of swearing and also i think the most justifiable everybody gets mm-hmm. upset yeah and as we'll talk about in a little bit here i think they're just words anyway yeah so if this is what you need to vent in the moment as long as it's not at a human you know, as long as it's not about demeaning someone it's just about you lashing out and getting those emotions out i don't actually think anyone cares but that's also a representation of something bad inside of me. Yeah. And uh, and it's harder for me to control. It just comes out when I'm frustrated. So what I'd rather do is not lose my cool in front of someone's kids, if I can help it. Yeah. Because <laughs> even if I'm saying, you know, pasta fajoule, they're still seeing me <laughs> lose my stuff, and I just would rather not have that happen. Uh, 
my favorite kind of swearing is like I'm hanging with my peoples and there ain't no reason for me not to. Yeah. And no one is going to be hurt. Right. They, nobody's kids around. They're worried about. This is just us talking to each other. And uh, I think uh, and we'll get into the second. But my suggestion here is the idea that any of these words, it's not just a theological issue, though. That's part of it. Yeah. It's also a cultural issue, right? The word that we are, you know, the theology of the F word. Yeah. That is not just in a language. It's from a time and place and a culture. Yeah. Right. There are plenty of things in scripture that very much could be, you know, there are parts of the Old Testament Mm -hmm. where all men are wall pissers. Yeah. And they swear in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Straight up. So the reality is like the, the idea, A, these words are not concerns for everyone and B they change over time. So yeah. like, you know, one of the theories of the F word is that th- words like that in English became an issue because of the need to separate between Anglos and um, Celtics and other, you know, that these were about the cultural invasions of England and the class of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way that within a certain context, specifically in England, accents can speak to history and class and culture yeah. the same with these words mm-hmm. that these are the, those are the words that poor people say well yeah. you know what that's who i'm in it's vulgar with. i mean the, the word vulgar literally just means common yeah exactly so vulgar that, talk. That's, that's my folks yeah and i'm just yeah, yeah. and i'm willing to i think i don't live in a total vacuum you know yeah. so i'm gonna put on the face i gotta put on and you're a scenario. father what you're a father yeah i don't care about that with mave though like i don't get crazy with it with Maeve. You she's know almost I mean? f- almost four? No, she turns three in just a few days. Okay. Just yeah. a few yeah, days. Just but there over is a year. That, that is about the sweet spot, though, where like my boys start repeating back what I say. Yeah. And that's when I started like at home be like, ooh, wait. And intonation, on. too. Like sure. that's, that's where it's shocking is when they... She already does. Yeah. When yeah. something goes wrong, she goes, oh, come on. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that's me. That's <laughs> you got that from me. <laughs> so what's the... What, what was your... For the room... What was your first experience where you, as a kid, what was your first experience with swearing? And, or kind of what was your relationship with swearing growing up? Was it something that you weren't supposed to do? Do you remember when you kind of first decided, I'm going to be someone who uses these words to shock people? Well, it's, I, I, I don't know that I use curse words. I do curse a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I don't think I use them for shock value where I really learned to swear. I forget. I, I should have looked this up before we started, too. There's a Will Smith movie with Shay LaBeouf's in. Will Smith's character keeps saying, quit swearing, you're bad at it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. like, there are people that just don't have a grasp on it. Um, the the place I learned how to swear well was in uh, when I was in middle school in marching band. Because oh, the yeah. middle schoolers would go up with the high schoolers. Yep. And it was just, like the f word was a comma yeah uh you know but in a way that wasn't like trying to shock it was we knew this was funny yeah and if you put it at the right place in a sentence it made a sentence sound funnier yeah um to to high school kids (laughs) to high school kids it's interesting hearing high school kids swear as they're learning how to do it uh, because they will put it in way too much yeah and at times where it doesn't make any sense it's the difference between a tommy gun and a sniper rifle yeah yeah i'm just in high school, it's just, ah, spray it everywhere. And, like, the precision 
I was listening to a podcast of a couple actors uh, the other day, and they were talking about how you can always tell in a movie when uh, a scene, when an actor starts to improvise because they start saying the F word way too much. That yeah. would, like, no one would ever write that many F words in a script. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, unless they're like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, but like all of a sudden this scene has a million F words. Just out of control. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, when I was a kid, I remember um, I was, my, my parents didn't swear. I don't ever remember hearing my parents swear before I was like, I don't know, 15 maybe. Um, and even then, uh, it was my mom swearing, and she did. She swears like a, an adorable twelve-year-old. Like it really. She doesn't <laughs> use the verbiage right. Uh, it's pretty great. Um, and and she does it like maybe once every three years. Uh, but I remember swearing on the bus, and it was a thing where I was in probably fourth grade, um, maybe fifth grade, and I swore be, like just to shock the bus because I knew the S word, and so I said it like to be like this and then uh, a girl told my mom uh, when I got off the bus and then I got my mouth washed out with soap and I remember at the time no thinking, way like legit who does this like why and, and everybody was laughing at me because my mouth was it liquid bubble. soap or a bar no it was a bar of soap, of soap. liquid soap would be the worst just squirting liquid soap in your mouth yeah and, but just something about that bar freaks yeah. me out also my parents were not kind of corporal punishment people like that like also so, was it new soap it was new soap okay. yeah but so they, were, they were taking that shower soap. Yeah, and I mouth. think it was just we had a new bar of soap. And I, like, got – I wasn't allowed to, like, go to my friend's house or something. But then I also – they washed my mouth. Like, I just had to hold a bar in my mouth for, like, five minutes. And straight up, they all just laughed at me. Like, it was really just a funny thing to have this experience. But it taught me, like – it was still uncomfortable enough that I realized, like, oh, I shouldn't swear in a way that anyone ever finds out. Uh, sure. And then I – so I didn't swear a whole lot in high school – and then when I got to college, I swore a lot. And it was that kind of freedom. Like, a lot of people would get to college and they drink or smoke or do all kinds of things like that. I, w- I didn't really have a whole interest in those things. But I thought, now I can swear. And I just started swearing so much that that was the first time in my life where I started swearing so much that I would swear without thinking. Yeah. And so I had to right. edit myself. And every time before that, even in high school when I would swear kind of more. And I would swear, like, after I watched Reservoir Dogs or something like that. Like, if the more – it still is the case. If you watch a movie that has a lot of swears or something like that you tend to then start thinking, obviously, the way that the characters are talking. Um, but uh, as I was going in to be a teacher, and it's still the kind of thing where um, I didn't feel like bad people swear, but I, there was something about I just didn't want to be the kind of person who had to, had to edit themselves versus someone who chose to swear. And uh, so that's when I kind of dialed back and tried to not swear. I only would swear when I wanted to use it. It was like a nuclear option for me. And uh, and even today, uh, when I do swear, it's a choice. It's not a natural state. And it's again, it's not a self-righteous thing. It's something where um, I, I like to be in control. It's kind of like why I don't like getting drunk or things like that i like to kind of decide to do the things that i do and uh, because swearing affects other people on a level that may be silly but still does i would like to choose when i'm going to who i who i affect with those things uh whether it's a safe place or uh i, I don't think i've ever sworn at someone in anger um it's always been in jest and, and in some ways it becomes even funnier when you're not someone who usually swears so that it and it was not i mean that's my history is not super exciting with it but it just there was and it was just as i got more free with it 
because I was doing it in college just because that was my um, going wild. Like that, it was not, again, not because I was repressed to not do the other wild things in college. I just didn't really have any interest in them because I had a bunch of roommates and stuff who would do really dumb things and like watching them kind of throw up every night or things like that and thinking like, oh, whatever interest I had in doing those things is not there anymore. But swearing is one thing that I can do that won't make me throw up. And it's something that I couldn't do before. So it's like this sign of exercising my freedom. But it was done for such an immature manner. Like that going into that season was just to prove I'm an adult and I can do what I want. Sure. Um, it then became something that once I started to realize that's why I'm doing it, it became kind of stupid. And um, I also realized that uh, it limits your vocabulary to a very specific set of words when you yeah. use them a lot. And so I just kind of thought, I'm going to dial back on that. Yeah. What was your experience with as a kid? Um, <clears throat> my mom didn't make a big deal out of it because to her, so what she sort of said, you know, she didn't like it if I swore because yeah. it just seemed like improper. She didn't like if I burped or picked my nose either. <laughs> the only thing she really warned me about, um, you know, my mom's uh, not religious at all, but she was like, you know, I don't think you should take the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. Because other people really care, and so like if you you know when you drop that uh, you know if you say you know uh, the f bomb or you know word for poop or you know these are natural things you're referring to that we've yeah. decided we don't like the words for. Yeah, but sometimes saying something that takes God's name in vain will matter to other people. My yeah. mom doesn't like I said doesn't believe in God, but she's like. The, the blowback from that can be pretty tough. Yeah. And so... It can be a really hurtful y- word. You should just try to leave that alone if, yeah. if you can. The other thing, I would prefer you not to because I just think it's kind of low class. But sometimes it's nice to be low class. And, like, honestly, she cursed at me a lot when she was mad. Mm-hmm. So I think she felt weird being like, don't do it. But, like, she would give me... It was more like a salty, like, if I said something, she'd be like... Pfft. Liam, like you know what I mean, like like, yeah. oh come on! But mm. never, I was never in trouble for that yeah, per se. Right. Uh, and then, you know, later on, I had I was wait, what was the word? You were there was one thing she said not to say. No, just the oh, just in general, name, she not, wasn't like not take the Lord's name in vain, like yeah. you know anything, even even just uh to like you know damn something, yeah, is like. Yo, that yeah. means something to someone. It doesn't mean anything to me, yeah. but it means something to someone. So you should watch it. And so I took that seriously for a long time. So what the things that could be blasphemy? Yeah, like again, not because she was trying to enforce yeah. that on me, but that people you know, would experience as blasphemy. Yeah, and and, and the, it mattered to them, and it showed a certain level of disrespect. Whereas she kind of thought like it was improper to drop the f, but. Uh, now, granted, she was always real tough on like homophobic language. Like yeah. you could not yeah. get away with a hard F in my in my house. That yeah. was not acceptable. Yeah, um, but that was because of people that we cared about and loved. That's pretty and, crazy in the eighties to be. Well, and that was the thing. Like even when you know, I, I I knew that word was bad, but you know, I grew up at a time where people would say everything was everything was gay. Everything was gay. Everything was gay, and, and not was like just, it was gay homosexual. It was gay meaning gay is stupid. Right. And, I mean, and it was so my my that mom there, there had to keep yeah. being like she was inclined to be like. Yeah, but it's not though. Like that has nothing to do with your, you know, yeah. my friends, people who helped raise you, Frank and Walt, 
how does that associate to Frankie Wallen? I'm like, yeah. Mom, it doesn't. It's not what it means. She's like, it literally is what it means. You can't <laughs> yeah. pretend it doesn't mean what it means. So, uh, anyways, I was someone who had like a high school conversion experience. Yeah. So then I was policing my own language, which doesn't mean I didn't break it sometimes. And I especially liked having music as an excuse. You yeah. know, if a song had a really well placed, you know, F. Yeah. That I'd be like, yeah. yeah, you know, there was something about that that felt rebellious, but it was all about like making other people happy. Like I'm gonna police my language so other people aren't, whatever. Uh, and I kept that with me through a lot of adulthood. Uh, but it was really like in seminary, uh, I was doing a lot of research on my own around. A, uh, so you were swearing a lot, a lot of things, and you know, I swore a little bit, but I I still felt some anxiety about it because I'm like, maybe this does matter, maybe it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, and I was reading a piece that was just talking about the ways that propriety and language are often um, connected to white supremacy mm-hmm. and the ways mm-hmm. that like what we mean by proper is connected to a certain sort of historical idea of like who people are and, and a certain kind of like uh, protection of white innocence. Yeah. And I started to think about how like the use of language could actually be pretty effective sometimes in argument and but we act like the minute uh profanity comes into play we've suddenly left behind logic and thought and whatever and, and i started to be like what well, doesn't make sense it, it it's not even relevant for my context like most of the humans i interact with are people for whom again not that people will be walking around just dropping it everywhere because right. that just seems excessive but like that at a deep level you would care is like crazy for people so why do i care you know what i mean right. so i actually made a decision basically in my 30s to be like i'm gonna start cursing again huh. and i'm gonna you know i have to monitor it i'm not gonna just be out here in front of someone's baby like talking about something gross but um, but to feel like, yeah, in a certain situation, I mean, what it boils down to is it's my own. I mean, I already do. I already am sometimes guilty of code switching to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, where like if I'm around like super white friends, sometimes I just will talk a little white. Tell us. I, th- I feel like most people should know what that phrase means, but explain what code switching is. Uh, there's an idea that sometimes when you are a person of color, mm. you will adjust how you talk in certain environments based upon how you read other people. Mm-hmm. So you might have a voice that you use with white folks that you wouldn't use, you know. And it's not just with race. It could also be like uh, class situations. Mm-hmm. You know, what's... Well, that's what I started to see a relationship between the ways that I would change how I talk for white friends um, or I shouldn't just say white friends, but for proper friends Mm -hmm. and how that applied to profanity. And I started to feel like in what ways am I faking who I am when I don't have to. Now there are situations where I still feel if I was, I was still in situations sometimes where I'm doing maybe not pastoral care because I'm not a pastor, but that like a ministry sort of context with somebody Mm -hmm. and it's not helpful a lot of times to just bust out something crazy, like say something crazy when you're in that situation. But like th- there are plenty of other situations where it doesn't matter and I'm just going to be myself and yeah. it's up to me. And this is really one of the places where I started to develop my thoughts on discernment, which is like, I have to respond to the context I find myself in. Yeah. And having a crazy rule one way or the other is not helpful. Yeah. And I just have to be an adult and say like, I can read the room right now. I'm going to talk in a certain way because that's what's going to be 
and I don't mean that just by effective. That's what's going to be sensitive to the people I'm with. Or I'm going to read a room and realize I don't need to be sensitive to y'all. In fact, if some of you are mad at me, that's a good thing. So I'm just going to be this way, and that's how it's going to be. And just respond in that way because I know that my most natural sense, my most when I am most myself, I am at least to some extent using language like that. Yeah. And that's just who I am. And that's fine. And I can I can edit that because I'm already editing that. Yeah. But I want to know I'm editing it. Yeah. I'm actually just going to be like, well, this is the right thing. This is the proper. This is what God wants from me. Yeah. I don't think that's what God. I, God wants me to be kind. Yeah. Part right. of being kind in some situations might be in like, yo, I'm going to use this language because I know you want to use this language. Yeah. I mean, sometimes if someone's upset, yeah. they get to talk to you yeah. and say, this is not okay. And I'm yeah, it's not okay. Like, let's be yeah. real with each other. But again, it's got to be about taking seriously people and understanding when I can be comfortable be fully myself. That is an interesting thing that I found in terms of um, as a pastor, it becomes um, a functional word in terms of like it's a, it's a tool. Uh, I mean, two things about that. One, a lot of times when pastors get together in certain situations like this, they uh, I'm surprised at how much pastors swear when they're around other pastors. A yeah. lot of times it can sound like the middle school kids yeah. swearing in the back yeah. of the bus. It's like they have this freedom just to be a little improper for a time. But it also um, uh, apart from that, there are times when um, kind of as you were, you were saying, swearing in front of someone who you can tell needs to have a like is is someone who will swear uh it's it's a it's a way of giving them permission to swear and to be uh unguarded in a way that they might because the hard thing about being a pastor working in ministry and we were talking about this a lot today is that as soon as you walk into a situation and people know you're a pastor they um they act very differently that's i was gonna say like uh, you know youth pastor stuff every now and again kids will come hang out at my church and, and and let the occasional you know crap fly uh, where, and they'll look at me and say, oh, I'm so sorry. And my response has been almost trained to turn around, look at them and go, I don't give an F, right? Because I'm almost reversing those rules that we were talking about this morning. We were saying like when people find out you're a pastor, all yeah. of a sudden the rules change for them. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like you can see and they start performing to right. a degree. Like they need to be proper. Right. And they'll say like, oh, I'm sorry. Or they'll get real guarded because they've had some kind of problem with the church. Like, it's a right. real interesting right. situation I mean, one way or another. I mean, again, I'm not a pastor, so I'm a little less concerned with that. Yeah. But there is a part of me that's like... But you work in, in ministry and you're... In, you're well, in certain contexts. I mean, not for a while now. There, uh, does are, it, there are, are folks for, that you are pastoral for. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I think what I'd what I, I say it to say this, that, like, um, uh, I'm okay with a person who is a pastor like actually making someone feel uncomfortable in a way where they need to be a certain way. But that certain way should be like a person who loves people. Yeah. And oftentimes like using profanity has nothing to do with that. Like it's again, if they're going to say something awful about, you know, someone then yeah, I want them to be concerned about the fact that they're being a cruel human right now. But if they're just upset and they're just like, you know, it's like, Okay, cool. Like, yeah. uh, why? That has nothing to do to me with them and their relationship with Jesus Christ. I well, just don't see any relationship whatsoever. Yeah. With that. And part of the interesting thing about all this, which we kind of alluded to, but we, I, I want to make sure we get there, is this sense that these are these are just words, right? Um, and that's not to diminish anyone's being upset by them. Well, except, uh, and something you were talking about earlier is to say, 
there are some words the swear words like the doing a show on the theology of the f word like for me the f word was always at the top of the pile yeah of, like, really it seems like words. the worst but it's really there's so many more hateful words than i was that. gonna say it's the ones that are derogatory yeah like calling a woman the c word or right. you know whatever like those are the ones that if you use those, it's like, okay. Yeah. Like the other awkward referring to homosexual people. Right. Like that yeah. is, I mean, that's, that's far why, more like, offensive. All, like all of my, you know, being around people who, you know, say F-U-C-K with abandon, without a care, but will straight up say the hard F. Yeah. Because that, you know, that's, they're like not, you you know intellectually that if I were to say this right now, I'm not saying it in that way, but I'm still not even willing to say it yeah. in an right. academic sense, yeah. right. not because it actually taints me. It is also just a word, yeah. but that the pain associated with that word may mean something. Yeah. If someone, I, it's just hard for me to take seriously if someone says, well, when I hear this profane word, it hurts me at a deep level. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to be sensitive to that, but it, it it seems less reasonable than yeah, that's a bad word for who I am. You're right. bringing you're bringing a lot of that to it yourself. You've been right. told that this f word, the s word, are uh, low crass words, and should we should be offended by them? Our our ears should burn. Whereas racial epithets, yeah. um, words used to diminish women, used right. to diminish people specifically, groups of people, um, are actively meant to be hurtful. The well, F word can be used in a way that is not meant to be hurtful. Yeah, you can and be really nice about it. Right? Yeah, oftentimes <laughs> it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it can be very inviting. Um, but the uh, that sense, and and I mean, part of that was thinking. Um, there were always a couple words that I never said. Never said the N word. Uh, I just yeah. can't ever. I don't think there's ever a time where that's funny. Even when I'm listening to rap music or something, like it doesn't feel right. So like that. Uh, and I'm not, I, I'm not a fan of that word, kind of in any any circumstance. But I'm not. It's not my permission or job to to say that no one can say it because I know that culturally there's very appropriate times for it for people of color to be able to use that. There's never an appropriate time for a white person to use that. No. Um, and there's also, I mean, there's a plethora of other racial epithets and and uh -huh. derogatory terms that I would never say, yeah. and I can't think of a time where they are acceptable. But I mean, like you, like we were saying, when you when we were kids growing up. The, the classic thing to say just insulting someone in general was to say they're gay yeah. or say that's so gay or something like that. And it was never meant to be positive. But it was also often not policed. It yeah. was just a, it was just let it go. Yeah. And it was not a bad word. Well, and I want to point out, too, that the relationship to power here, right? Like what yeah. we're saying is oh, absolutely. a certain set of words connected to power. And then what I'm saying is sometimes when we're determining any sort of word that is appropriate or inappropriate, it's connected to power. Yeah. And that often it's with these other words, it's in the other direction. When you say this is impure, you are also then saying I am the determiner of what is and is not pure. Yeah. I get to decide what is what it, what offends me is is offensive for anyone to do. Right. And that and, and it, it, I mean, a good example of the power situation is that despite people saying that like cracker is an offensive word, there is no legitimate offensive word to white people. There's nothing that a white person can be right. called to refer to them being white that is anywhere near as offensive as yeah. the N-word or any well, other and, and it's always brought into some hypothetical thing. Like, yeah. well, hypothetically, it could be used against me in a way that we, Yeah, but we're talking about a real <laughs> historical power dynamic yeah. Yeah. that doesn't go away because you're like, well, I could maybe be the victim of a blood. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Maybe one day the Martians from V will show up and suddenly you'll be without all the... <laughs> 
privilege in the world. Yeah. And then suddenly they'll and be whatever like, those oh, man, they're so mean to white people now. <laughs> like, but that's just not the world we live in. No. And there's that thing. And so, you know, part of my worry with um, the ways we think about profanity is it's a way to discredit people. Mm-hmm even though maybe this is just how they've learned to communicate yeah. or it's like part of their culture. And, and they might even be from a space where being willing to use those kinds of words shows that you're legit, that you're tough, that yeah. you have street. Now I'm not saying that those systems are necessarily good, but to simply be like, well, only bad people use those words. Yeah. Well, that's ridiculous. And, and the words themselves have nothing right. in them. Whereas again, it's the content, right? Like these other words are also just words, but they're just words with a long history of actual oppression yeah. and and in some cases and they're linked violence to, yes yes yeah. yes and i mean a great example of this just in general again of that power thing is that people will say the phrase something like the phrase okay boomer is just as bad as the n-word Can't and that statement is so insane because it they are saying <laughs> the phrase okay the boomer but they won't even say the n-word it's like and john mulaney has a great bit on that it's like if you're trying to say that one word is as bad as a word that you're not even willing to say, then you have proven you're missing it. That, yeah, you're you're an idiot. Yeah, like the, you you've already proven which word is worse wow. if you yeah. can't even say one, and that's a great example of how. And I know that there's a lot of people who would say the n word and would love to actually say the word, sure, because they don't they feel like well they choose to be offended by it the same way that we would talk about the f word, but that's not the case, right? Because there's not power associated behind the offensiveness of of the f word. There is it, it's right. a low crass thing. It's I mean some it's like when people get over like slang terms like saying right. ain't or saying y'all or something like, like the uneducated. Yeah, vernacular. I mean if I if I, if I uh, you know one of the better th- examples I can think of is you say something and someone says well actually it's this it's like well, well you you knew what I meant yeah you're correcting me but you knew what I meant or else as you a wouldn't subtle be sign able of to power correct. yeah and it's right. as a subtle sign of power it's right. a, it's either and and sometimes correcting can be done in love. Sure. But that's only when you have a a relationship in which, like, if you say that to your to your to your daughter, well, and obviously all... you're trying to to help her with her language. If you're saying that to another human being, right, like another grown person who is of your same age, yeah. then you're just trying to prove that they don't know something. I mean, don't be wrong. I will straight up say right now, like, there that you know, if you're someone who's listening to this and you're like, that's right, I do feel free to use language however I want, like. You do have to exercise discernment. If yeah. I just walk around, I mean, straight up, if I just walk around saying whatever's on my brain, then I, I, there's there's going to be consequences for that. I'm, I'm just, from a theological perspective, I don't think it is um, the words in and of themselves are going to keep you from whatever your version is of being a faithful Christian. For some of you, that might be more specific or less specific, whatever that's for you to determine. But... There are consequences for how we are in the world. Yeah. So if you go into your next job interview and you start saying mother or to your you know, potential boss and you don't get the job, don't email my mans here and be like, I don't know. You guys said I could say whatever I wanted. <laughs> right. I, did, yeah. I didn't get the job. What's going on? You know, like th- we do live in the world. Yeah. And so like that's usually when I'm actually using discernment. It's not because I'm worried for the state of my soul. Yeah. And, oh, no, I said the F-bomb. Now, now I got to go repent. It's. Okay, I'm in a situation here, and I think I might make the situation more difficult yeah. if I just bust out a word that might be very familiar to me, yeah. but this other person might be like, "Oh, they're disrespecting me because yeah. they're talking to me." This and funny, that's, right? I mean, and, and it, even though it is a sense of editing, it's not a sense of censorship. In right, terms right, of right. By doing that, you're not accepting this system that says these are offensive. You're accepting a system in which we are involved in community and we have to relate to one another. 
Right. And there may be a situation in which, I mean, just like if you are driving your grandmother in your car, there's probably certain music you wouldn't play. Not because it's no, offensive. I don't care about her. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> or like an old, I mean, like it, there, there are places where it's not that the, you feel like the music is even offensive. It's just it may be abrasive to someone who's not used to that. Well, I think, I think that all kind of ties into a, a, a certain care for the other people around you. Right, like the reason the derogatory things are so bad is because they don't care for the other person, and what what has been happening I've noticed in culture a little bit is this idea of like you can't say that. It is something that people are reacting to, yeah. right? Like there's a, a segment of the population is like I can say whatever I want. You can't tell me what I can and cannot say, and I think and that especially when they're like I have a First Amendment right, you can't right. censor me. It's like right, no, that's against the government. Right, right. Like schools can tell people you can't swear. Right. Newspapers can keep things out of newspapers because they're not the government. If the government can't tell you what you can't say, but a movie theater can choose not to let you in if you have a shirt that says the F word on it. Right. Like they, they are a private business. They have the right to do that. The government can't make a law that says right. federally you're not allowed to wear a shirt with the F word on it. But I, I mean, think technically at one time they did. But. but I think even better than saying like you can't say X, Y, or Z is to say it does not – you're not caring for another person if you're saying yeah. FY, and, and this is why, you know, uh, this is how that, how, how those choice of words is actually putting somebody else down um, or dehumanizing another person. And so the one, one interesting thing I want to bring in kind of uh, um, is that um, the Bible does swear. Yeah. And the Bible doesn't swear like it says, oh, cheese and crackers or something like that. Like the Bible actually swears. And not, I mean, the especially the Greek equivalent and the Hebrew equivalent of swears. Yeah. Uh, Ezekiel says the F word um, and in reference to intercourse. It, it, I mean, it's really it's real graphic yeah. in talking about kind of how um, the nation of Israel has uh, given up on God and they've kind of fallen in with these other nations trying to do what they want. And it, pr it compares it to being a prostitute in the most graphic terms possible, like really, really offensive. It used to be that. Uh, it was not permitted for anyone under the age of 30 to read Ezekiel or Song of Solomon because they were pornographic. And a woman was never allowed to read it. Right. Um, and our English translations hide that very well. Yeah. So you can read all of Ezekiel right now and you would kind of struggle to find where those are unless you're really reading the words. But they're there. It's and there. it's not, I mean, it's still translated, but it's translated in, in very technical kind of uh, homogenized words yeah. um, to make it as as not as offensive as possible. The other big one is that Paul swears. Yeah, Paul's it, got a pot. Paul swears in a, great, in a great one. And it's in, um, what is it, in Colossians? No. Yeah. Is it Colossians? I consider all things rubbish. Yeah, yeah. And it usually is translated as rubbish or garbage. And literally what he's saying is the Greek word is skubalon. Uh, scubala and it means yeah and I'm, i don't know if i'm gonna edit that out or not um but uh <laughs> it says i mean it's 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 the, it's the s word and and he's saying that to specifically he wants because he's saying hey i'm the best guy ever yeah. i am a super jew uh i am a roman citizen i know everything i studied under this guy i studied under this guy i am just like the best if anyone has anything to boast it's me right but so the typical paul Kind of talking about how great he is. So but sure. I consider that all of that Woo! BS. And he doesn't say garbage. He doesn't say refuse. He uses the most offensive word possible to say none of that matters yeah. because um, Christ is the only thing that matters. Right. And so I consider all of that refuse yeah. because God is what Christ is what did everything for me. I think it's worth thinking about too. Like, what are these things like? 
if you take away the blasphemy part, which I think is complicated. Yeah. yeah. Again, I think you can make an argument that like maybe there are scenarios where it would make sense, but in a lot of ways, it, 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 you're you're playing with fire in a community sense. Yeah. But a lot of these other words, they're tied to sex, which maybe as Christians we need to think about how we feel about sex. Yeah. And with like. Maybe. Something that we're all trying to figure out, which is like, it's weird that we poop. Like yeah. we all like yeah. from from the moment you realize you're pooping to the moment you're, you know, leaving this planet, hopefully at a very late age, we're all still dealing with the poop thing. Yeah. And it's such a thing like it, it's a thing to the point where um, have you ever tried to talk to your friends about your uh, digestive health? Like, no one knows what's normal with poop because, in general, we're not supposed to talk about the fact that we defecate. Like, that's, like, it's inappropriate to talk about defecation. Some people can't even hear it. Like, if you start talking about it, they're, like, they need to leave the room. Like, it's, like, a thing. And so then it's, like, okay, so then what's normal? Yeah. Like, I know we've had enough conversations about walking that if I go, well, every time I step down on my left foot, it makes a cracking noise. Most people could go, well, you know, I'm not a doctor. But I'm going to go ahead and say, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. But someone might be like, yeah, I poop six times a day. And someone <laughs> else would be like, I poop once a week. Yeah. And in reality, until you Google it, you don't know. Yeah. What is it supposed to look like? What is it supposed to feel like? How do we know whatever? Again, th- this, this is not a podcast about poop health. But no. what I'm trying to say is maybe the fact that these words are the things that are the things that make us uncomfortable is tied to our general Christian anxiety about our bodies that we haven't quite figured out yet. And maybe it would be better if we stopped worrying about these words and started thinking about the attitudes about the body that they represent. Honestly, the problem for me with the use of the F word in relation to actual sexual intercourse is sometimes we use it to represent sexual intercourse that is conflated with violence. Yes. Well, that's the problem. The problem here is the violence. The word itself is utterly without meaning. Right. And the fact that we even take this word to mean copulation is some psychotic historic like anomaly that it's not even close to a representation. So, um, you know, rather than worry about the word, let's think about the idea that like, well, I need one word for when I'm being nice talking about copulation. I need another word for when it's crazy and uh, intense. Well, okay. That's what, let's talk, let's think about that. You know, that's what we're trying to figure out. We're not saying, Everybody should swear. It, they're the words. They don't mean anything because they do affect people. Yeah. While they may sure. not have the power that they have <laughs> is power that is brought to the table by the person who is affected by it. Yeah, so unlike, you're, saying, you're saying the practices conform us. Exactly. Stop. <laughs> unlike, uh, <laughs> unlike the words that are meant to like the, the ethnic, uh, the, the racial epithets and things like that, that power was given to them by people in power uh, in a way that was meant to hurt people. Uh, nowadays, while while there, there was, I mean, the, the the ruling society decided these words are offensive and these words aren't. Now, like something like the F word, if it's not used in a in a hateful way, if it's not directed at a person, say like F you, uh, but it's just used as a word, uh, like you stub your toe and you just shout the word, which really yeah. has the least meaning possible. It's yeah. just it's like saying ow, because uh, you're not referring to anything. You're right. not using it really as a verb. It's just an exclamatory word, um, like ow. But for someone to be offended by that, they are kind of bringing that to it. And again, it's not to say, so that person just is a prude and needs to get over themselves. But being in community, being uh, sensitive to other people means that there are times where, again, as Paul says, everything is permissible, right. but not everything is beneficial. Right. 
there's nothing wrong with swearing, but it's not always beneficial. Right. And there are times when right. it really is. There are, there are times when it is helpful to give someone permission to be open and honest about how they feel. And sometimes that includes swearing. And you can do, I mean, as a pastor, I don't always have to swear in front of someone to make them comfortable to swear in front of me. Right. I can just like allow them to swear and make it clear I'm not going to be upset by that. Um, especially in the certain context. Right. Now, if they start doing racial epithets and stuff like that, then I will kind of say like, pump the brakes, man. Let's, let's talk about probably don't, let's not use that language. Um, but that part of living in community with one another is being aware of other people and being aware that if you choose to use certain language, that it may affect other people. And it's you, you just have to take that into account. Yeah. If you play loud music, it'll affect other people. You just take that into account. If you eat a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos in a room filled with people, <laughs> it will affect other people. I haven't meaning to talk to you about you that. You just have to take that into account, yeah. And it, it's just You mean being, it'll make them very hungry? Some people will get very excited about it, and some people will get really grossed out by it. Yeah, what? Because they're stinky. Look, I don't have time for those snowflakes. <laughs> 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 okay, Boomer. So, if you're on the Twitter machines, uh, rough the pastor, Instagram roughing the pastor. Uh, I I don't. I was gonna ask what your favorite swear word, yeah, but I feel like that, that could one. be bad. Well, uh, I was gonna give you an opportunity, Liam. What, what what would you like to plug? Yeah, here on our oh sure 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 wide well, reaching podcast. I know this is a good. I can't wait for the boost, the bump. <laughs> Get that bump. Um. Uh, yeah, if, if you like movies, uh, well, you know, Cinepunks is now up to 10 shows. And so if you like movies, we've got a bunch of movie johns. If you like comic books, we've got a bunch of comic johns. If, uh, if you like... Just on the network. Cinepunks, again, is the network. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So there's this, the, you know, the flagship podcast. And Not 10 a episodes. Bunch of 10 other shows. Um, so we have a, we have a, pi- we have a, uh, comic book one called Tomb of Ideas that just focused on like Marvel horror comic books. We have an Alpha Flight podcast. We also have like we're starting to branch out into like cultural stuff. We have a, Wait, a, you have new... a podcast on Alpha Flight? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The Canadian super team? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> the and, Canadian X-Men basically. Yeah it's called The Flight Stuff. <laughs> it's very it's so dirty. That's it. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, Wolverine used to be part of that. Yeah yeah. We got a new uh, show called uh, Fat Girl Hats positive three uh uh women talking about their lives and you know they identify whatever size they want to identify as i don't feel comfortable saying but uh but they it's very much about you know instead of trying to like fix something about being comfortable with who you are and how to navigate a world you know so they've done episodes where they talk about like services uh that they feel comfortable accessing businesses they feel comfortable supporting because of that or how they deal with sort of the 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 cultural attitudes that are sort of hoisted upon them because of what they look like and and so you know that was a cool move for us because a lot of our shows really have been focused on media which is fun i love media media is important art is important but um, I think we're trying to expand more and have more kind of different voices. And then the website also has like writing on it. So people writing oh, nice. about music and film and all kinds of stuff. So we're constantly growing. And so check out the website, Cinepunks. That's P-U-N-X dot com. And Cine, like, um, like cinema, like yeah. C-I-N. Yeah, 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 yeah. P-U-N-X. Um, and, then, uh, and then if you want to write something for us, let us know. You know, that's always something we're interested in. 
Um, and that's about it. Not much else to plug. No swearing on the on any of those podcasts. Oh, they're all swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, thank you, Liam, for being here. This hey, thanks wonderful. for having me. Uh, I'm now sitting up on like the rest. Yeah, of you've you've really come back. You really you really up. got involved. I'm ready for the day, <laughs> even though it's like you just love the F word. So I get <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. Liam, that's me. <laughs> I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this has been rubbing, rubbing the passer. What was? Do we have any other questions? I think that was it. That's one of them. This. <laughs> yeah, dog. I have to take that home in my luggage tonight. No, we'll, it wasn't on we'll it. We'll it was just you could get one. the sound. <laughs> you should just use that sound for all the the. We will totally <laughs> use that one. That's good. <laughs> we should have put. I'm gonna put it over all of the like. Every time you just say f word, I gotta put it in. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you're swearing every time. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you, Liam. Yes. Thank you.